Jason Fury. Yes, sir. Did you know that um, the original composers for Woman in the Window were none other than Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, but they were later replaced by Danny Elfman? I did know that. You did? I think it's because we were talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League and having, uh, who was the original score on that one again? Um, Junkie X, uh, Junkie XL, Thomas, Thomas Holkenborg. Right. That was like the original soundtrack. And then wasn't that also replaced with Danny Elfman for the theatrical Justice League? It sure was. And then it went back to Junkie XL after that. So this is, this is another Danny Elfman replacement. So it just seems like Danny Elfman's the go-to guy. He'll take the, he'll take the job. He's like, yo, Trent said, no, I think Danny will do it. He's like, sure. What am I going to do? I'm just, yeah, it's just funny to me. I'm just, I'm just rich as hell. Let's do it though. Mine's kind of stupid. It's like, uh, Adam Roth. Yes. Did you know that all the main actors in this feature film that we're watching have watched, uh, have pretty, pretty deep ties to superhero comic books. Uh yeah, you did. Know. I, I I guess I guess when I so thought I, about the the cast in general, I, I, that that passed in my mind. Yeah. So I wanted to name them and see what if you don't look it up, if you can name what superhero movie they're attached to. Oh yeah, well we got we got right no, off no, the no. bat. You, you know, I I yell it at you and then you respond. It's more fun that way. Okay, all right, I right, go. Amy yeah. Adams. Lois Lane. From. From Batman. <laughs> From right? Batman. Yeah. Well, Batman. Oh, sorry. So, you know, so, hold on. Let me have a drink. Let me have a sip of coffee. Sorry. I think the, the, the circuits weren't working quite right. That's bourbon. Oh, okay. Uh, Amy Adams, uh, man of feels. Okay, good. Gary Ullman. Mm, what's his name? Uh, Commissioner Gordon, Dark, Dark Knight Trilogy. Nolan's Dark Knight Trilogy. Just kidding. That's from, from Yeah, Dark Knight Trilogy from Superman. Right. Um, Julianne Moore. Superhero movie? Oh, yeah, baby. Comic book movie, I'll say. Not superhero movie. Comic book movie. Uh, Julianne Moore. Comic book movie. This is the hard one. Let's, let's circle back to it. Let's, let's okay. get these uh, easy uh, ones out of here. Wyatt Russell. John Walker. Right. From uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, Anthony Mackie. Mm, uh, this one's—I uh, I have no idea about this one. Man. <laughs> okay, so we got two from Falcon and Winter Soldier, but they didn't really interact in this movie. Uh, okay, let's go back to Julianne Moore. I'll give you one guess. Is this a tricky one? Yeah. Uh, I'll give Julian... you a clue. It's a sequel to a comic book movie. And it's not superhero, but it's like a comic book movie. It was a pretty big comic book movie. And then there was a that... sequel, and she was uh, featured heavily in the sequel. Uh, well, I keep, th- you know, I know that she was in Hannibal as Cleary Starling, which was a sequel, but I don't know. With Gary Oldman. With Gary Oldman, yeah. Which apparently this is, this, this was a, another, did you know? Apparently this is their first. First time reuniting since that uh, that Ridley Scott epic. Interesting. So, um, but you're uh, avoiding the point. I I am because I I, I just don't. 
uh, it's not coming to me. You want to, uh, you know I'll what? Just, I, I, I'll just tell you. It. I'll just Let's tell see, you. Yeah. We're just jump. We're just going to jump off the high dive. Uh, the Kingsman golden circle. Oh yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I missed, uh, did you not I see missed, that movie? She's great. I, in it. I saw, I saw the, I th- saw the Kingsman, but not the sequel. Not the Golden Circle. Get no. into it, dude. Those are good yeah. movies. I know, because we're gonna have to do uh, the King's Man. The King's Man, the prequel. Yeah, so we're gonna have to catch up on those. That's the curveball one, but not really. Did you know? Just more of like a is that a, is that trivia? Is that a comic book? <clears throat> yeah, Mark Millar uh, wrote wrote the Kings, the original Kingsman. No shit. Okay. All right. Good one. The dog's barking. Okay, so today we're doing something a little different, a little spicy. And uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, so Adam and I didn't know what to talk about, so we decided to look up blindly what the number one movie on Netflix is this week and do a review. And it was The Woman in the Window, directed by Joe Wright, starring Amy Adams. So we got the pleasure, not, of watching The Woman in the Window. Uh... Right, right, right. Uh, the pleasure, the pleasure. So, how does this number one on Netflix work? I think it's it's meaningless. Wasn't it? It was just, I don't know. I mean, because I saw it was like it was number one trending, but then when I no, took an I hour think... break and then I and then I watched it again, it was not number one. Like that's because people started watching it. Right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think the way this works is it's like the equivalent of a company that has a newsletter. Like, they just put you in the newsletter so you get eyes on content. Like, I think Netflix, like, part of the deal of getting a Netflix movie is you'll be number one the week you come out. Mm-hmm, it, but that doesn't – what does that mean? What does it mean to be number one? I don't know. I don't know if they – if that that algorithm is them – it's what people are – piquing people's curiosity or what they're promoting. I, 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 don't, I don't understand. I think it might be number one movie – that's not that good at the moment. Number one straight-to-video style uh, tr- trash. Yeah, so this is the problem with streaming, and Netflix specifically. We could talk about Netflix for days, but the streaming, like, new movie a week, new movie a week, like, people are just, there's just monster amount of movies coming out on these digital streaming platforms that I think we're watering down cinema in a way, and I think this movie is, like, a prime example of, like, you get A-list talent. Like, okay, so Joe Wright, Joe Wright's the director, and he directed one of my favorite like hidden gem movies, which is Hannah. It, and he's a fine right. director, and Hannah is right. beautifully shot, wonderfully acted. Sorsha Ronan? Yeah. You Sorsha got right. Sorsha with a, a score by the Chemical Brothers, and if I'm Eric, uh, Eric Bana. But yeah, that movie's wonderful, and it has... And now it's maybe a little bit more known because it's an Amazon show, I believe. But... uh that had some great like one take shots. I remember like with Eric Bana, like where the camera had never cut and, um, and just the cinematography and the action choreography. It was just like next level. And Joe Wright has not directed that many movies. So I was actually really excited to watch did this he, movie. Did he do pride? Did he do pride and pride and prejudice? Is Correct. that him? Yes, he did. Okay. Yes. Um, so yeah, I was like all for it. I was like, okay, Joe Wright, Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, Anthony Mackie, uh, Julianne Moore, um, I was I was ready for this. I was like, okay, that sounds not bad. Let's do this. Yeah, I mean, I had the benefit of not knowing a damn thing about it. Me neither. Uh, it just came out of nowhere. I mean, it was number one on Netflix. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that's about. I mean, it's people are. 
you know, the, the, the Netflix experience is, is, you know, I think about going into my local mom and pop family video store in Agora Hills when I grew up and, uh, you know, you would, you were in a physical space, you know, and there'd be all this weird direct to video stuff that had a, an interesting cover image or something. And that was sort of how you, that was the, that was the algorithm then. Gave a lot of and artists that, some good work. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You know, actually, covers, whether it was pretty, digital or drawn or whatever, it was cool covers. Got me to rent a movie for sure. And there was there, you were in a physical space and now you just are kind of like flicking your wrist. Yeah. And if it's not good, and, you just go next. And then there's a thousand other movies to watch. So there's definitely bombardment with content. But there's also FOMO it, it, yeah. where, like, you don't want to miss out on good stuff. Like, I would think something with this amount of talent behind it would at least be, like, half good. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, I I did not enjoy this movie. And to be clear, this is – the premise of this movie is pretty much Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window, but it is not a remake of Rear Window. It's just basically a ripoff. Replete with, with a – a, an actual still from the movie within like the first two or three minutes of the movie with it. Uh, I think they, they're, there's a shot where they're like going past the cameras tracking through some hallways and you see a TV screen playing was that rear window. I, I, that, that was, that was rear window. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, why even do that? That's like so, so me like plagiarizing so somebody. And then yeah. just like this book well. is dedicated to the original author. Uh, yeah, I guess they wanted to make it very clear what they were uh, referring to. Because this wasn't an ode. Like, I don't think it was, like, respectful. It's like, oh, yeah, like, just watch Rear Window. It's a fantastic movie. Like, you could just watch Rear Window. It's just, like, su- supermarket novel kind of style. Just just kind of, I, I, I guess you can call it kind of trash. Uh, but kind of trash. Style. Trash style. Trash style. Um. I'm not gonna. What the the film itself? You know, you can you can have a good trash movie. It's true. But it just it just it had a you know it's it's short. It was only it was it was like an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, but it had it had a kind of a it made me feel like something you'd pick up in line at the grocery store. Or, or something what, I would never pick up. I'll give you an example of good trashy movie, Disturbia. Uh, Shia LaBeouf. From Shia LaBeouf, which is also a ripoff of Rear Window. Right, but right. it was actually like fun and campy and trashy and kind of weird. It was a ki- it was a, it was the it was the junior rear yeah, window. He was a teen he, version. Yeah, he was, was, was a teen. Yeah. yeah, but that and movie had, was like fun, and I remember had, it being like, oh, that wasn't bad. That was a fine way to spend a night. But this movie was just kind of like <laughs> had one of my favorite actors in it, David Morse. David Morris. David Morse. Morse. Oh, in Morse. Disturbia. In Disturbia. Yeah, I was going to say bat- he was not in Woman in the Window. Right. Just, um, yeah. Yeah. I have notes. But was, they're in the other room. Uh, he may have been the only person not in uh, Woman in the Window. David, that's true. Because um, it certainly had, uh, it was a who's who of uh, buzzy actors at the moment. It's true. I, I just realized my notes are in that room. Do you want to talk to the audience while I go get my notes? Talk to the audience. Yeah, just say something well, fun. Sure. Okay, I'll be right back. He's leaving me alone with you guys. Um. Well, let's cut to the let's cut to the let's cut to the chase. Uh, trying to trying to understand who uh, 
who watched this movie. I did. Jason did. But y'all talk I don't about? know. If, uh, we were just getting. I, I was just trying to. Uh, you'll see. You'll find out. Okay. I'll cut it if you'll, it's stupid. It's our, it's, our, it's our secret. No. Well, I think we were just trying to. I'm trying to understand who watched this movie. I don't think anybody did. I think we're going to actually be giving this movie the biggest push it'll ever get, and it'll be like maybe four people. Yeah, popcorn and soda has been known to boost uh, viewership. It it changes the algorithm in the Netflix. It changes the Netflix algorithm. Um, Uh, So we're, we're a little scattered here. So we watched The Woman in the Window, and we didn't really like it. It was boring, trashy, supermarket novel, not fun. With a big cast, two of them being in uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier for some reason. Um, I mean, I was tr- I was trying my best because, excuse me, I um, Jesus man. Uh, so I don't know what happened, man. Um, you know, right off the bat, I was I was a little bit confused. I think that you know you you had these opening tracking shots through her apartment, and then it started saying you know the day of the week. Right, Monday. Like on there, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what? What? what, what? Tuesday." What just? It, but it was like Friday. It said like Friday, and I was like, "Wait, what? Have we just? Did it say the other days of the week already?" And I wasn't paying attention, so I had to like go back, <laughs> like to the beginning after like like one minute of the film. It did it. It was a sequential, right? They didn't put those out of order, did they? I don't. I just I just remember they just started throwing in stuff where I was, you know, they had the shot of the snow right off the bat where you saw the snow coming towards you, oh, and it in was the like sky. supposed to. Be and disorientating and, and then you're in the apartment and it starts it shows the clip of rear window and i at first i was like wait is that on a screen is that being projected on the wall i was like i, I didn't understand what i was even looking at i think that's called uh attempted art artsy fartsy yeah i guess Some, that's something i didn't like about this movie was it could not commit to being like this weird visual like drug trippy experience versus like grounded in reality i think they wanted it to be that way but they only did it so few times that it wasn't effective there were a couple times where they started going full kind of argento weird you know style car in the living room and stuff the car in the living room and then like when when julianne moore quote-unquote dies which is something I, I need to ask you about because I'm not even quite sure what would happen. Uh, but 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 I think there was a shot where it like blood spatters on the screen or something and it dissolves like right. the blood kind of turns into like a dissolve. And that was, you know, there was something there was some style going on, I guess. Yeah, but, you know, it just wasn't it was it just felt like kind of shoehorned in there. It wasn't really like it didn't really move the narrative forward or like blow my mind or anything. It was just kind of like. Oh, you're just having fun in the editing room. Yeah, they were they were trying to I think they were trying to give the movie something. Right. And I think that they were sort of like, hmm, Amy Adams is is going stir crazy with her agoraphobia. You know, she uh she's taking too many pills. Let's let's uh, let's 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 rest on Amy Adams going crazy. So let's like talk about those two things. Like the agor like in rear window is a house arrest, right? And and in this one, it's agoraphobia, so it's like a little bit different enough to maybe not get sued, I guess, since it's basically was dis- a ripoff. Was dis- Disturbia was house arrest too, right? Yeah, like an ankle bracelet, so you couldn't like right. leave the house. Which, so on paper, agoraphobia is much more interesting because you c- physically can't leave the house. It hurts right. you to leave the house. With the other right. one, you could just bust that ankle bracelet, and you got five minutes before the cops show up, you know? 
Right. So, like, if you were in very serious danger, you could still run. It's not like the anklet's going to kill you. But agoraphobia, she would just be debilitated and faint. So, to me, that was potential to add a sense of, like, claustrophobia and, like, stress. But I just never felt it. And I never felt it. Um, because, I don't know. The... <laughs> Let me go back to Joker. The, the pain in your voice. The, the pain. <laughs> it, it physically hurt to watch this movie. Let me go back to Joker a minute. I know you don't enjoy it. You all can listen to our Joker uh, popcorn and soda episode if you want to learn more about that. But something we talked about was the unreliable narrator. Right, right. And I typically hate that. And this is a great example of why I hate that because it's done so poorly so many times. In Joker, I think it was done correctly. Love or hate the movie, I think it was a good usage of the unreliable narrator and it was effective and it moved the plot forward and it made you think and ask questions in this one it was more i think an escape for bad writing they're like oh just load her up with drugs put seven eight bottles in the screen and then anything can happen because she's on drugs baby she's crazy she's crazy she's crazy she's got agoraphobia she drank that with wine you they're supposed to do that with water oh she's gonna start seeing weird shit um it just makes for a lazy, boring movie where anything goes, but it doesn't really matter. So I almost immediately stopped caring about anything that was going on once they started playing this drug angle. It's like a movie where there's like an interesting lead actor, and then off screen, he like takes a sip of bourbon out of his jacket. It's like, oh, great. He's an alcoholic. Great. This is going to be interesting. Not. Um, so I was immediately pulled out of this movie when they go down that ro- road with the drug the drug stuff and using it as a narration device and stuff. I think I was, I was immediately pulled out when they introduce the kid, the, you know, the, the neighbor kid who right off the bat, I was like, there's something, what, what is going on with their, with their interaction? He's supposed to be like a kid who's like, he starts like, you know, kind of, uh, becoming, friendly you know and like oh you know you're 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 so nice to me you know and they and it's like it's like they're hanging they're hanging out and it's like wait this isn't a kid this is like this is like a teenager this kid's like 15 you know he's like taller than her yeah so i was kind of like is something what's wrong with this part of this problem is the just how okay so i don't know how this works exactly but she has agoraphobia so she's got this condition but she's totally open for strangers just coming into her house and sitting like two or three people within the first like her first meeting of them they're playing cards they're drinking wine she's giving them hugs she's inviting them in her home like yeah she's a very she's a very she, she doesn't like going outside but she's happy to have anyone come in right is there like a name for that cuz that seems reckless and stupid it's uh it's the it's the it's the old agoraphobic that loves guests it's that classic trope classic but yeah that was that was very bothersome like why are these people one after one coming into their house and introducing this this isn't like stepford wives or something like we're not in the burbs we're in new york there's like crime-ridden streets and you're not just like oh the new neighbors are here i thought i'd just drop off a gift and have my son come over and hang out with you for hours and borrow a ton of your property no. Yeah, and it was just it just right off the bat it was like the kids acting real weird, Gary Oldman is acting real angry and weird, and Julianne Moore is, you know, quirky, she's an artist. And you're like I, I guess they do that to try and make you to, you know, that's all the red herrings. It's like which up oh, he's up oh, he's the he's the bad. Something's wrong with him. Something's going to go wrong with him. He's the bad guy. He's the, he did the bad thing. 
And right off the bat, the kid was very weird. Right. And uh, yeah, he was I guess strange. Like he was yeah, not like like beyond what what any human being that I would <laughs> interact can conceive of interacting with would behave. He almost acted like a murderer immediately. He, immediately, yep. But it's like, oh, he's just a kid, you know. But you're like, wait, he's like, he's like an eighteen year old, and so you, he's, can t- you can tell me anything. He's really? yeah, he's you already just fucking met this kid. Go yeah, he's home. already acting. I would and be like, she, get the fuck out of my house, you weirdo. But does that happen immediately where he like leaves to go back and he like pulls her back in? It was like, no, like, you know, you're there's you're in a troubled home. You know, you could you're safe with me. And then they like hug. Yeah, but it's how like, would she know that? It was seriously I, like ten minutes into their meeting. But because she's a because she's a child, an analyst, she's a child psychologist or something. The moxie. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it was just just right off the bat, I was like, why? I don't think there's any two strangers that would meet and be this. It just it felt very false the, the the interaction. And then I get the visual component of it, but like, I've I lived in San Francisco for a long time, been in New York a handful of times. Like, people don't just like a have these just big, beautiful homes like this all set up with all their windows wide open and all their lights on. So like you could easily see in all the windows. Like I know like that's possible, sure, and it happens from time well, then, to time. Do, do, but it was well, like but, the whole neighborhood's just like wide wide open. Well, they probably know that they're in a Netflix movie, and if you if you close the windows, there's no movie. There's no movie, but like, okay, let's 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 just do a little hypothetical here. Let's say I'm going to uh, murder somebody. Uh, I'm probably going to close the blinds. Uh, yeah, that 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 murder there was pretty. Uh, like it was very very strategic to to hide, you know, between the two windows to hide who in fact did it. Like, if I want to eat, like, a pint of Ben & Jerry's and watch a movie, I still close the blinds. So, like, if I wanted to murder somebody, I would definitely close the blinds. And who? And she got, like, hadoukened to, like, you know, when she, <laughs> with when she got... With a knife. She, she was flew. definitely... She flew. She flew. Yeah, how, many, how I think do you it, stab someone in a way that makes them fly backwards six feet? I don't know. It's that that kid, that crazy kid. The IMDb says only to witness a disturbing act of violence. Yeah, it was disturbing because it wasn't physically possible. And once yeah, you know who the murderer the is, it's like the, now there's definitely no way that's possible. So I, uh, I don't know. You're saying the kid would be less likely to perform that Hadouken than well, Gary yeah. Oldman? And it, probably. Gary Oldman's got he's got a little bit of star power behind him, at least. The kid had crazy eyes, though. I guess. Um, just to what? Pilot, what was? Who, who is that kid? I don't. I have no idea. If this is his breakout role, I quit. He was. I thought you know. He's, he's, I mean, he was creepy. He was creepy. I th- I remember being like he was predictably he, creepy though. He, he wasn't like it wasn't a plot I'm, twist. It was just kind of like oh, the creepy kid is hurting right. people. Like duh. Right. But right away it was just like oh, he's there's something something here better than nothing I guess. Um. Woman in the window. So there's two two things I want to go over finally to just dogpile into this shit show. Um, one over. Whoa! So it's so it's a shit it's a shit show. It's a shit show. One overuse of music to tell me how I'm supposed to feel. There's a difference between like a good movie soundtrack that like gives you a feeling of like ambience and like where you are and like the tension and like you know sometimes less is more. This one was totally like. I'm going to tell you exactly how to feel by every 
every second of this movie is telling me how to feel through the soundtrack. Um, and I don't mind that like sometimes in movies where it's just like, ah, but this was just distractingly poor. Um, it's just like constant, like, it's just like, oh my God, give it a rest. Let me like movies like this, when you're doing claustrophobic, totally works with less music. I mean, they were, they were clearly going for a, you know, uh, for going for a, uh, Hitchcockian, uh, Bernard Herman kind of, kind of you know, overwrought kind of suspense score kind of thing, which, which, you know, I think Danny Elfman with, uh, when they, who, who was it when they, when they redid the Gus Van Sant's shot for shot remake of psycho, they brought, they brought in Danny Elfman. I mean, Danny Elfman can make a good soundtrack. Don't get me wrong, but in this movie, maybe it's just because I was not enjoying myself so much, and it was just so distracting. And then it was—it was stylized. It was it, the whole thing was very stylized in a in a let's try and be, you know, Hitchcockian. Let's try and be, you know, the the homage was just was just it was it was too much. It was much. it was uh, just, beyond homage. It was bordering plagiarism. Yeah. I mean, but we've seen, you know, we've seen this in movies many times before, you know, with the, the Hitchcock, the Hitchcock thriller, you know, that's, that's a Hitchcock movie. They need to remake strangers on a train. That was his best movie. Um, I can't disagree. Um, he's awesome. Have you seen, you've seen that one? I have seen that one. Um, uh, I think someone did remake that movie. Uh, the other sound thing I didn't like was her electronics in her house. Like when she unplugged stuff, it was like the city generator was powering down. She'd like unplug her dinky TV that has a DVD player and it'd be like, it's an old, it's an old rickety house, man. Yeah, but like the TV did it. The plug, like she unplugged just like a lamp. And it's like, I was like, what? I, I, what I was tapped least, into. At least at the at the at the beginning, I wasn't sure when it was supposed to have taken place, because didn't didn't he? Doesn't the kid? So I just looked up this kid. This kid's this kid is 20, 22 years old. So the kid, you know, he's uh, but I Fred think he was fifteen Hi- in the movie. Heikinger. Yeah, he was clearly not a kid. I thought he yeah, was just he, a creepy murderer type. He looked like he had definitely gone fully through puberty. Um, and they, uh, <laughs> they. Yeah, the, 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 so she's got the rickety old house. The shitty house. Shitty house with the shitty electronics. Julian uh, said it was the shitty house. Wait, what, what were we saying right before this? I don't know. I'm talking about how stupid this movie is. There was a reason I was bringing up. The power outlets. The, the power generator. outlets. Generators. Oh, yeah, the time, the time period. Because didn't she? Doesn't she loan him like DVDs right yeah, off but, the bat? She had a nice cell phone from the beginning that she would grab under the blanket. Remember in the beginning of the movie? That... No, see, I don't. Like I one of the first it. shots is her phone ringing and her grabbing it and pulling it under the sheet. So that to me, that placed it as at least like mid. But then she was. What didn't she loan him like a like a stack of DVDs? Yeah, but I got DVDs, man. I think she yeah, was a movie that's... connoisseur, though. That's why they would play those old movies. They were trying to like, oh, mask yeah, it. Yeah. But I think that's, she's that's... just. She's like a physical that's, media hound. That's still kind of anachronistic at this point, though. When you think about it, it when yeah. they start when they start doing DVDs, I mean, I I'm into it. It was a pile but, of DVDs, but I have a pile of DVDs. 
but I was still trying to figure out if they were, <gasps> if they were pulling a, a Joker, you know, where they were like, oh, yeah, like things will be, you know, the plot will be a little different because this, this is in the early 2000s. So, but then you're right that this, this, the, the, self, so, the cell phone. Yeah. That usually uh, is at least, that gives you some, at least a 15, 20 year window. And, and it was disorienting though, because, which, which I guess is by design. Uh, but they, you know, right off the bat, you're hearing what I did. I, I did identify his voice as being Anthony Mackie's before I saw him. I was like, that sounds like Anthony Mackie. Right. And it was like, why, what is that about? And then, yeah. And then you find out the car thing. Right. Yeah. The accident. I mean, it was like kind of an intense, like there were, there were a few moments where I was like, okay, maybe this movie will turn a corner. Like there were some intriguing moments to it when you kind of learn about her history and why is she, cause they're like, why are you agoraphobic? Like, like we wanted to learn what the catalyst was. Right. But that was it. That was that the was one. It. it was just like violent trauma. I mean, sure. Yeah. In movie world, that's a dime a dozen. Know what I mean? Sure. Car accident, death of, so she killed or both of her family members, her, her yeah, husband yeah. and her daughter, yeah, yeah, is both. her daughter. Yeah. Both of them. And that equals, that's, that equals agoraphobic. I guess. And like, Right after, yeah, she like cheated on the husband and then killed them both. Um, bad, bad. Not good. So it's kind of hard to care for her too, because you see she's kind of like not doing good family wise, uh, and then she killed her family. So I don't know. I rickety just, protagonist. That's yeah, what we call it rickety protagonist. So at the end uh, of the day, I learned that just randomly trolling Netflix number ones is not the best idea. Um. Well, I mean, it was it was kind of an interesting glimpse into the like the what you get at the the very surface of the what's what's the analogy here? What what uh, whatever the whatever the is the the scum that is sitting on the top of the pond? Oh. You know, maybe uh, it's just sitting right on the surface. If you're gonna dive in, it's the first thing you hit, and there's a layer of scum. Right. There could have been much worse on Netflix, I think, but. Was it, is... it was, it wasn't, it wasn't the worst. No, but it was pretty. It was pretty schlocky. Let's say that. I agree. Schlocky, uh, not necessarily in a, in a cult or or endearing way that would stick with me. Um, kind of just, kind of just, just a, uh, grocery store novel style. Well, it is based on a novel. Right. Which, Which apparently I, was, I will was very not popular. read. I will never read it because it's all spoiled now. We know that the crazy kid. But it's like, how is this but, a bestseller? Like, I don't know. It's just such a ripoff, and it, it just seems so cheap. And there was no, like, the only thing that I think I'm going to remember from this movie in like five years is that garden rake going through her cheek. Oh yeah, you, you know what? That part I liked. That was good. That rooftop scene totally changed. That was like it turned into like a Ninja Turtles movie, and I was just like, what is going on? That uh, was. That was unexpectedly brutal, though. It was. It, got, it was like a hyper-violent... It was like even more violent than the murder that was the center of this movie. Yeah, that was the... I think that was the only thing where I was like, whoa. And they she went, was like gurgling. She was like... Ah, 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 ah. Yeah, was like, they went, oh they went raked to the face. That's, yeah, that's through extreme. the cheeks and everything into her mouth. You could see it through her mouth. It was really gnarly. That's right. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, that... How okay. Did you forget so that, was, that one thing? That's, that traumatized me. I should have remembered the one, the one really evocative thing in the movie yeah um uh wow um okay well can you just help me understand this as 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 we come yeah. to a close of our 
of yeah, our, let's, uh, let's stop talking about this movie. But so so Gary Oldman and the son were making up a bunch of shit. Like so was she who was Julianne Moore? Was she really she was so, she was like she Julie, was like the real mom, but she was on a date with with Wyatt Russell. So like, she Juliet Moore's character was that creepy boy's real mother, but the mother that lived in the house didn't know. And that Julianne Moore's character was like stalking Gary Oldman's character and trying to like get the attention of him and the son and be a part of the life, but it was like backfiring. Um, so so that, she ended up just. Like so, but, but, you know, she get, came across uh, Kurt Russell's son, and he said, "Hey, this is some babe who's probably aloof." So that you know, they they had one night together. I see. Um, so they 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 slept together. So he um, snuck her into the basement, unbeknownst to Amy Adams. Right, and then she had come up, and then she was like talking to the main character, and she assumed it was the wife. And then she, she found the house. she saw the and then she saw the earring, and it was like, "Oh, where's you? Where's that earring?" Well, she saw the reflection in that cup too, and the earring. Yeah. And she saw the earring, but it was just that guy's one night stand because he was an opportunist. Uh, right. Right. Um, and then she came upstairs because remember when she left, she was kind of like later in Miss Richardson or whatever her name was. Uh, what's the name? Um, Russell, which is weird. Kurt Russell's son is in this movie and everybody's last name is Russell except his. That, um, that's right. I think I, I think that did cross my mind when I was looking at the, the cast. So, yeah, the dad had a dirty secret and she was coming to like caused trouble and then ended up uh getting murdered so gary oldman is is he does he know about the son's murderous ways i never was clear on that that they yeah. never really showed that version of it they just revealed that he was a murderer and then they uh well, I guess there's I guess whole scene I guess where they're you, all like sitting in her living room staring at her like like there's yeah know. yeah that's what I'm saying that's right off the bat I was like something this is people are not acting real here it was like a play all, it was like something you do see it was very it was very stylized kind of like stage acting right that that was the style of it it was very um it was very kind of theatrical stylized yeah um, Broadway style. but yeah I guess I yeah I guess I guess though either way Gary Oldman watched the son hadouken so he at least knows so that that hallucination was not that that happened that happened right that that happened and it happened was written so clearly for you to understand (laughs) well it was it was it was very yeah because you know there's all this weird you're probably like drawing and shit drug logic no I, I i actually really had to because there were a few moments where i was drawing but i realized that I, things were so were so strange that you needed to really watch it in order to even kind of grasp what was what was happening that's true um so i i i put the i put the drawing pad down and i i gave it a shot okay well i commend you for giving it a shot uh, and also apologize for suggesting we watch the number one netflix movie we did it we did it together dude we, we did it uh, together. So, yeah, we, that was good. We're always talking about how great everything is. It's, it's about time we just trash something. So, rating is rake to the face. Rake to the face out of 10. Rake to the face out of 10. That's that's my best review. I can't. I cannot recommend this movie to anybody. And I was starting to think, hey, it's about a half hour we've been talking about this. They could just watch the movie almost. But I'm like, we're probably, this is probably more entertaining than the movie. So, don't watch the movie. Just listen to this three times. Or get a rake to the face. It's about the same thing. Feels the same way. Yep. I was really busy too. It felt like kind of a big waste of time. Uh, 
pretty yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you on that <laughs> uh we couldn't find mario brothers so this is what happens we gotta do we gotta do uh sound of metal dude come on all right we'll, we'll do, do it. a hidden gem section soon all right because that's hidden because i have no idea about it this is a hidden turd and it should stay that way there's a turd right on the surface yeah pond scum as you called it pond scum yep okay well I hope nobody uh, affiliated with this movie listens, but uh, yep. Sorry, good. Glad, glad you got a paycheck, though. I'm sure you're all nice people, Y'all. but this movie sucked. Danny Elfman, love you, but you know. Yeah, you're turning into the Nicolas Cage of composers. Be a little bit more uh, picky. Discerning, yep. yep. Yeah, I, uh, I honestly though, before I learned that he was the composer, there was a moment where I, I heard the the notes of the Batman score in there. I remember hearing it and being like, is that just the Batman? Is that like something he does in every movie? uh, Maybe. I mean, because I remember hearing it and be like, oh, that sounded just like the Batman notes. Is he now just a wistful composer? I guess he's trying to just sneak in his his Easter eggs. I guess it's all... 89 Dream? It's all part of the Elfman-verse, the the score Elfman-verse, all of his movies. I mean, you get some bragging rights if you say I scored Batman. Yeah. Yeah, sure. He's probably still riding that at parties and stuff. Well, I I wouldn't be surprised if there's more now that the '89 verse is reopening with the Flash. With the Flash. Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk? All right, that's it. I got nothing else to say about the Woman in the Window, a Netflix original starring Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, Anthony Mackie, directed by Joe Wright. Yeah, I, I don't have anything to say more about Woman in the Window starring Amy Adams and Wyatt Russell. And Brian. Oh, and Tyree. Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, that was that was nice to uh, see good. to see to. Uh, she was great alum. in the Hateful Eight, dude. She was. She's good in um, Shortcuts. Do you ever see Shortcuts? I don't think so. Robert Altman, also Julianne Moore. Damn, son. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'm gonna get out of here. Uh, Thank you for listening to Popcorn and Soda. See you next time, Adam Roth. See you next time, Jason Fury. Bye.